Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Top Chip Cigars. We got a podcast. This is it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tall Chief Cigar Cigar Circle Podcast, Episode 2. Episode (laughs) 2. We made it. (laughs) Before we start, we just want to thank everybody who reached out to us regarding Episode 1 and our interview with Oliva Josh and some of the some of the things we tried to incorporate into the podcast. Um, it was super fun to put together, you know, and I think we're getting a little bit more comfortable now, Dave. What do you think? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We had a great conversation with Oliva Josh, Josh Malzak. Hit him up on Instagram. Like he said, he loves hearing from you guys and seeing what you're smoking from Oliva Cigars. And like, he's a great guy, obviously, as you guys all heard. Fun to talk to. We had a great time. And moving forward to episode two here, we're, uh, yeah, hoping to keep the momentum rolling. And you're right. I think uh, I think we're just going to continue to grow, uh, grow the community of listeners, and also grow our skills as podcasters as well. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So we're getting into the meat of it now. We're gonna we have a couple of things to talk about today, including like what's new in the store this week, things that Dave and I have been smoking. We're gonna play a couple. We're gonna play the game again, where I try to figure out what uh, what cigar Dave's handed me. Uh, it's gonna come with a live reaction because Dave gave it to me in this. Cardboard box without a label on it. <laughs> so last week, you know, last week was interesting. We were able to get that one, but that's a cigar that I'm really familiar with. So I expect this to look really good or really bad as the weeks go on. And, you know, we'll have some fun with it. So today, our featured guest is John Troiano from Alec Bradley Cigars. Yeah. John's one of the more interesting guys that we've met throughout our time running the humidor here. Um, he sat down with Dave and had had a little bit of a discussion about Alec Bradley, his experiences being in the cigar industry for, you know, over 20 years. Mm. So, yeah, he's a, he's an OG. I mean, he's been doing it for a long time and it was cool. Um, you know, I can't wait for you guys to hear, to hear that conversation. Um, it'll be interesting. We'll talk more about it afterward, but, uh, yeah, he's an awesome guy and he's been doing this a long time. So a good guy to know for guys like us too. Right. I, I kind of got that vibe when I first met him. Mm-hmm. Because um, our first our first month in the store, we didn't really know how things really worked as far as like um, getting in touch with representatives or how often we'd see them. And then after maybe I'd say 10 days, we had a good amount of people coming in that represent different companies and brands. And it was surprising. And they'd want to sit down and talk to us and pick our brain and tell us about their smokes and stuff like that. And there's such great variation in all these people they're all like very unique and different people and we see you know probably 20 of them on a revolving basis every three or four months right and uh i think john was one that we immediately kind of clicked with because he wasn't very businessy he just wanted to talk about (laughs) his smokes and like learn about us on a personal level and i think he connected with dave uh pretty quickly off the bat because they both like some uh interest in in different different and interesting subjects yeah yeah he's a cool guy and an eccentric guy and he's uh you know somebody that we yeah hit it off with right away so thanks again to john for making time for us you guys will hear that interview in a little bit uh but first we wanted to sort of talk about what we've been smoking this week you know this is something we're going to try to do every every week with you guys uh during each episode just kind of go over you know, some cigars that stood out from the week and maybe give you guys something to look forward to trying in the week to come, you know? So Carl, what, 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 uh, comes to mind when you think of like memorable cigars from the week? All right. So this week I, I got a little list here of things that I've been smoking a lot of. I'm the kind of guy who like, if I have one, I'm more likely to have another one after that, kind of like have three or four of a cigar and then just mm-hmm. like leave it yep. alone for a couple months. So this week I have a couple different things here. I've been trying a couple cigars that I've been considering bringing into the humidor. But the first two you'll know here from anybody who's ever bought a cigar from me before. I've been having plenty of what I, the cigar that I had every day uh, when I was in graduate school. And that's the Mac Inspirado Orange. Love mm-hmm. that cigar. It's a nice medium body uh, coffee cigar in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's a cigar you can have at any time and it will, it will, it'll fit foot the bill for you it'll just that'll be the perfect one for you to have whether it's morning with a coffee uh you know drive home from work it's just it it has that body and that that flavor profile that was never overwhelming but always enough Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember, right? Because I was, I was there. We were both there for many years, and I remember the stint you did with that cigar. It was an impressive <laughs> period of time, you know. It was an impressive stretch, and that cigar. You're right. It's a perfect medium body. Nice. I always got a nice caramel note off of it. A little bit of sweetness, like great in the morning or even uh, as an after dinner smoke. You know, good yeah. cigar. I just get that brilliant baking spice out of it, and I love. I love whenever I can have that. Nice. So nice Honduran wrapper, great cigar. Cool. Uh, then I took it a step down with the Mac Inspirado White, and that's a cigar that I try to sell to everybody who walks in and is looking to for their first foray into mm -hmm. cigars, mm -hmm. into premium cigars. What's a good mild one that's going to go with anything and not leave me that peppery taste or the aftertaste, and I can enjoy it with you know some bourbon or whiskey or whatever. Mm -hmm. Bring you right over to Macanudo, no yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah, piece of cake. It, what 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 an easy decision to make, especially when you consider the price point on on the Inspirado. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So I have both of those, and I was just comparing and contrasting the experiences for both of them. But uh, those are just two everyday cigars. Like if you're ever looking for an everyday cigar, those are two excellent places to start. Mm. The green, the red, and the black are kind of their own separate thing. But I think the white and the orange are two cigars that somebody could reliably enjoy every day. Right. For a great price. Yeah. So I had those two. Last night I had a CAO MX2. And I've always known it was mm. a good cigar. Like I've always viewed it as, oh, that's a good cigar. It's not one that I have a lot. But I'd just be like, if you brought me over to the MX2 and somebody's like, oh, what about that one? I'd be like, nah, that's, eh, that's a good yeah, cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I had, a, yeah. I had a couple laying around. I think that there was a Toro. It's like a fatter Toro. It's uh -huh. like a 54 ring Toro. So, you know, had some time to kill. Was doing some uh, reorganizing of the store. Figured, what the hell? Light that thing up. That cigar bangs. Yeah, yeah. Like that, it, it does. It's so easily forgotten, too, because the label is kind of nondescript, and it's kind of like on a lower shelf. It's and been it's, around for a while. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. right. Yeah. And, dude, that cigar, that is a perfect double Maduro cigar. Mm. Um, and I love, nothing is better to me than a medium body Maduro where you could actually just focus on the flavor mm -hmm. of the Maduro wrapper mm -hmm. and then you get a little bit of other notes from the from the blend itself but when you when you showcase the the Maduro wrapper the mm -hmm. way it's meant to be showcased I don't think it gets much better than that yeah. in the world of cigars and that was that was probably the best one I had this yeah. week I mean you're speaking my language there like yeah the the dark Maduro flavors without too much body like that's the sweet spot that's the center of the bullseye for me and the mx2 you're right is awesome the last time i had that cigar actually was uh the event we did at, at the uh at the evans rod and gun club with those guys we were outside mm -hmm. it was a nice evening nice cool evening the first time that you and i were there um so gosh it's been too long i'm gonna have to hit that one up again yeah dude i yeah. really think that that thing hits especially nice. if it's one of your first ones of the day or you're having it after a nice Connecticut cigar. Didn't nearly have any coffee with or anything like that. It wasn't really a paired thing. It was just I wanted to sit and enjoy the flavor of that thing. And that cigar was phenomenal. That's cool. So so the the last one that I had this week um, was the La Gloria Cubana number no. five Maduro. So it's a Robusto size. Mm, mm. Um, I know you love this cigar. Oh man, do I. And yeah. uh, you know, it looks so appealing. <laughs> It really does. It's got this, this jet black wrapper. So and beautiful. They all look so beautiful in the yeah. box with that red label wrapped around that dark Maduro wrapper. Mm -hmm. And um, I smoked it over the weekend, and I wanted to I wanted to start comparing Maduro cigars. Really, that's what I was trying to do. Yeah. So I've also had another Maduro cigar that I'll talk about later on. Um, but I did want to compare it to the MX2. And the Liguri Cubana is good. It's a good brand. It's been around forever. Um, the cigars look fantastic, and yeah. they taste good too. Um, but when comparing it to the MX2, I just think the MX2 is a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, like I said, it's been a little while f on the MX2 for me. I'm gonna have to revisit that and see what I think. But that that LGC number five Maduro is like the Serie R Maduro is amazing, and that wrapper is like just so dark looking and black. I mean, it's a black Maduro. It's like amazing, right? Um, and always the sweet spot, always hitting the sweet spot for me, that cigar. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. I just, something about that MX2 really struck me really, really sharply. So then I've been trying a couple of different things that I've been thinking about introducing to the humidor. Uh, one brand is called Southern Draw. 
Mm. We don't have any Southern Draw cigars in the humidor, and honestly, I've never smoked one before in my life. Yeah. But I bought a sampler somewhere, and I was like, you know what? What the hell? And uh, these are these cigars are phenomenal. I think they're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, last Friday, I had one called the Firethorn. I believe it's got a sun-grown wrapper. Nice. Uh, it was such a flavorful sun-grown wrapper, and it was spicy, but not over-the-top spicy. So just a- enough what you'd expect from a sun-grown wrapper. The Rose of Sharon is a Connecticut. Had that over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, just a nice, simple Connecticut, nothing crazy. Kind of picked up at the end, which is kind of where Connecticut's are trending toward recently. And then um, the Jacob's Ladder, which is a Maduro. They're pretty awesome. I, I could see us trying those out maybe later in the summer once yeah. we uh, take a couple trips and go try some new things. Yeah. But, you know, pretty cool pretty cool brand there. Not so bad. If you're somewhere else, you know, and you see them, I'd, I'd, I'd pick one up to try. That's, and then... Yeah, that's, I mean, it's one of those brands that you... You know, there's definitely some demand for, for, for Southern Draw. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a name that we've been hearing floating around for a while. Been asked about a few times, so... Yeah, so those were pretty good. Last one is the Don Pepin Garcia Blue. We used to carry yeah. the Cuban Classic yeah. and the... Uh, there was one other one, but they didn't really move that much. Right. So, right. you know, we put them on special and, and do a couple different things with them. But the Blue, the Cuban Classic to me was just too too full. It was a little bit obnoxious. I didn't really like it that much. Right. Yeah. The Blue, when I tried it, um, I thought it was pretty good. I did have some construction issues toward the end, but... Hmm. I mean, that'll happen. Um, so, yeah, a couple different things you could probably be on the lookout for, depending on if we try more like them, want to bring some new stuff in. Mm-hmm. So how about you, Dave? Yeah, man. So um, we were talking about the the sort of the window that you're looking in, you know, at least for, for myself, and I know, like, a lot of the time for yourself, that mo- that sort of medium-bodied Maduro, mm-hmm. right? And finding cigars that fit that pocket can be – can be challenging, right? Especially with the trend in the industry over the last, you know, I don't know, 10, 10 years, or, or maybe it's gone on even longer than that, but it's like this trend toward fuller body tobacco, stronger cigars, and people look at nice dark wrappers and they, they get sort of freaked out by it. They start to think like, man, that's going to be strong. Um, and in many cases they're right, but there are cigars that can fit in this nice, middle ground where it's not going to blow your head off you could you could smoke it as your first cigar of the day but it still has that natural sweetness from the maduro the dark flavors the dark cocoa and like coffee flavors that you can get off of these wrappers sometimes um and uh i've i found myself moving it used to be almost exclusively like a, a broadleaf guy you know if i was smoking for my own pleasure it would be connecticut broadleaf maduros but I've found so many awesome new cigars with with San Andreas Maduro wrappers on them, mm-hmm. you know, um, one after the next. And I, I look up the blend and I'm like, goodness, another one. Here's another one and another one. So I'm going to I'm going to throw out the Rocky Patel DBS, mm. which the so the, the the DBS stands for double broadleaf selection. Right. So there is broadleaf tobacco in there, but they use a, a San Andreas Mexican San Andreas Maduro wrapper on that cigar. Another one was the Blackened, the Drew Estate Blackened. Another awesome toothy San Andreas wrapper. There's like all kinds of earthy, almost like, yeah, like it's like raw dirt and earth and sweetness. It's a, for some reason enjoyable, right? Like why those things would taste good, I don't understand, but they do taste so good together. And, uh, you know, another one like the, like the Undercrown Tens, another, mm-hmm. another great example. Uh, super dark Mexican San Andreas wrapper. Um, and it seems certainly like the, the newer, like Rocky Patel Maduros, a lot of the new, uh, Drew Estate cigars, like they're using these dark San Andreas wrappers and they've been awesome. So definitely try the Rocky DBS. We've got it here in a, in a few sizes and it is an awesome cigar. Um, yeah, can't wait to find out what you thought of it. So sweet. So also, um, we welcomed a couple new cigars into the humidor this week. Uh, namely, there's two of them. First one being the 2020, 2023 Punch Special Edition mm-hmm. Spring Roll. Nice. Um, comes in a Chinese food carton, which is amazing and hilarious. And <laughs> I love the dedication to the gimmick. Uh, every year, good. yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Every year you could expect something cool in February from Punch to kind of have us look forward to as we're 
stuck in the doldrums of you know uh, smoking in the car or the no. garage no. with the with the snow pants on and whatnot. Um, it's a short robusto with a shaggy foot. Speaks my language. Love the way it looks. Um, I haven't tried one yet though, so you could be on the lookout for probably a little short review of that coming mm-hmm. up over the next week, nice. um, and also on probably on our social media channels because yeah. I. It keeps catching my eye. Yeah. It's pretty inviting. Yeah, I mean that's that's you're right. They they they're always good for a cool release at this time of year. And guys guys who follow punch cigars they know what we're talking about. So the spring roll is in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next one being the Flor de la Santias ten year limited edition. Ooh. Only five thousand boxes made. Every one individually labeled. And the 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 presentation on these things was like just majestic i've never seen anything like it it was amazing i've never seen anything like it it is uh you know so you're gonna pay for it you're gonna pay up (laughs) it's a little pricey (laughs) but you know you get you get a serial numbered box this beautiful display this box that could undoubtedly be used as a humidor in some way right refashioned a little bit and you get 12 amazing cigars celebrating one of the you know, one of the hits from 10 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it is, it was a hit, man. That was, um, in fact, it's so funny, man. It's like one of the first cigars that you ever recommended to me when we fir- when back when we first met and I'm sitting there, him and Han in, in the humidor one day and you're like, bro, Florida, <laughs> you know, you're like young Carl yeah, had good yeah, taste. Yeah. So now I have to try one. I was yeah. going to try to skate around yeah. it, but now I got to go yeah. find 30 bucks on the ground somewhere. <laughs> <and> then... <laughs> So wow, right. that's a story, huh? Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? I, I just feel yeah. like I've done so many things to you that that are just like <laughs> annoying that uh, I had to. I'm I had not to put them in that. But I, this, in, one, in this case, you know, it was a great recommendation, and I'll remember it for the rest of my life. Apparently, yeah, it's so. on one of my hard drives, man. I just don't know which one. I put those away a long time ago. But anyway. <clears throat> Spring Roll Punch 2023, Florida Las Antillas, 10-year anniversary. You nice. can get those here starting right now at the world-famous Tall Chief Cigars. Cool. When we come back, we'll start the game. The game. All right. Welcome back to the Tall Chief Cigars Cigar Circle Podcast, me and my buddy Dave. If this is your first foray into our podcast uh dave likes to go around the humidor and pick out a cigar take the band off take the label off all that good stuff put it in a box and give it to me and i got to figure out which one it is yeah carl's got a reputation for being able to do this kind of thing right he's he's the kind of guy where whereas i'm a i'm a sort of a picky choosy kind of smoker if i'm if i'm smoking for my own pleasure i i kind of gravitate toward the same few few things i stay inside of a, a box for the most part you know i don't not ashamed of it, but it's true. But Carl is the kind of guy who really loves to like really just put expand the horizon. Like he'll smoke anything, right? And and because of that, he's the kind of guy who also, being that we've been around cigars for so many years, you know, we're gonna put his reputation to test as being able as somebody who's who's able to identify a cigar without the packaging just from smoking it, right? Just from the experience. And uh, we sort of use this. Carl, we, we kind of use this game also to, as a way of like helping our, our customers and our listeners learn how to really fully appreciate a cigar. If you're like new to the hobby, you know, there's, there's nuances to this art form that, you know, might be lost on somebody who, who wouldn't otherwise know to look for them. And so the tasting process, the sort of blind tasting process is a great way to like teach yourself about your own palate and get to know sort of the proper way of going about tasting a new cigar for the first time. Uh, so what I've done is I've chosen a cigar from a, amongst our vast inventory and at the world famous Tall Chief Cigar Humidor and uh, taken all the packaging off. So there's no band, no identifying information of any kind. It's just a cigar. Carl's going to give it a look, give it a feel, give it a cut and a light and a smoke. And see if he can figure out exactly which cigar I've chosen for. <laughs> so I'm going to be smoking this thing throughout the course of the episode. So you're going to hear John. You're going to come back. You're going to hear what I think about it. Uh, but I'm going to start it now. And it is in a little box. So I have not taken a look at it yet. What you're going to find is that a lot of work for me in this game is going to come before I even light the cigar. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to touch on the cigar. I'm going to taste it with the cap on. I'm going to dry pull it. I'm going to taste it with the cap off. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see how it feels in my tongue. Is mm-hmm. it spicy? Is it mild? 
What am I getting? Um, and then, you know, the first couple pulls of this cigar are probably going to tell me kind of along the lines of what kind of wrapper or filler I'm dealing with. So anyway, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and open this thing right now. Yeah. You know, another, uh, like the size, the shape of the cigar is immediately going to give a few things away, right? Like just from taking a look at it, Carl's seen every cigar in this shop, right? We're, we're, we're both completely familiar with the inventory, but there's still a lot of cigars in there. But being able to narrow it down by the size and shape and like you said the feel and taste of the thing and hopefully we can get all the way down to one and uh keep his reputation intact so right now i'm looking at the cigar and it looks like your standard kind of toro maybe like a six and a quarter by 54. um it has a blondish wrapper it looks like a connecticut wrapper with a slightly darker cap and then i'm looking at the tobacco blend inside and i see just like a pure consistency of tobacco there's no darker like there's no darker filler in there. It is just, it is what it is, mm -hmm. it, it mm -hmm. looks like. So uh, my impression of this is that it's going to be pretty mild, but you can't always make an impression like that off the rip. Right. So what I'm going to do first is I'm going to taste it with the cap on and see what I can glean from, from that. Yeah, yeah. you know, the, the tobacco itself is going to have natural flavors. So just like touching the tip to your tongue before even cutting it, you know, you can learn to appreciate the flavor of, of a tobacco leaf on its own. Okay, we're gonna cut this thing and maybe give it a couple dry pulls and see how it goes without the cap on. So it cut really easily. Um, this guy feels this feels pretty fresh actually. It's just got a it's got a lot of give to it, but I feel like it's gonna smoke really well. So we're gonna see what it tastes like with the you know with a dry pull here. Yeah, and that's that's a good thing for you guys to remember too. Like when tasting a cigar for the first time, don't forget to give it a nice dry pull. Just notice the flavors that are coming off of the thing. They're going to be subdued a little bit, but they're there. And, you know, just take note of those things. It's going to inform your overall experience. All right. So on my tongue, I don't really feel much of a sensation. I get a little bit of a citrusy or fruity kind of thing going on here. Um, that is my overall first impression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, during the game, it is possible that I'll ask for a little bit of help or guidance because we have well over 800 cigars here in this humidor um, and I have experience with most of them but you know sometimes it's hard to narrow down between two different Connecticut's that I could be uh, you know kind of back and forth between right. so what you'll find is that I'll probably put three guesses out there right and uh, you know we'll see where I end up yeah. so I'm gonna go ahead and light this guy after one more dry pull yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, a, a little hint or, uh, here or there, you know, is something that uh, I will prepare in advance and, you know, but I have full confidence in my guy that he's going to be able to identify this smoke. And I have a lot of fun deciding which cigar to give him each week because, you know, this, this process is like, it's fun and it's like funny kind of, but it's also interesting and informative and like, after we do 50 episodes like this, like you're going to be an absolute boss taste tester, <laughs> right? Like that's the whole, you know, I'm going to tell you off the bat. This looks, this tastes a lot like one of the cigars I mentioned earlier in this podcast. Uh, this looks and tastes and feels a lot like the Mac Inspirato white. Interesting. Um, it's very mild. This is a very mild cigar. There is no part of me that's tasting it in the middle or the back of my mouth. So mm -hmm. that's going to let me know that it's just like really mild and definitely approachable for a lot of people who might not, uh, you know, have the experience that we have smoking these cigars. But this is a very mild cigar. And uh, the first couple pulls are, I do have like a faint kind of fruity, citrusy thing going on. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get back in there. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the initial five to ten pulls on a cigar like that first bit you know i find i've always found can be separated from you know a lot of times you watch cigar reviews and it's separated into like first third second third final third and that's a great way of going about it because a lot of cigars do have noticeable flavor transitions through those corridors of the cigar but I've also found that there's a there's almost there's a lot of the times there's a, a fourth a fourth like segment of the cigar which is really just the first five pulls. They can often be so different. You know, five to ten pulls is often enough time for you to allow the cigar to like sort of open up and, and 
oftentimes a lot of the heat, a lot of the initial spice will sort of mellow out after those first five or ten drags, you know. So my initial reaction to this is this also tastes Honduran. I don't know if I'm on the right track, but Honduran tobacco to me is very, we have a very uh, toxic relationship. Sometimes it's exactly what I need, and sometimes I want it to be as far away from me as possible because I just feel like there's something about it that is a little bit hollow. It's not the full-on flavor that I usually expect, but sometimes that's really good. In this instance, it's my first one of the day, um, and I'm loving this. And this tastes so familiar. Like this, if I had to guess, this would be a this would be some kind of Ecuadorian uh, Ecuadorian kind of uh, shade mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. With that, with some Honduran filler mm-hmm. for sure. So nice. We're gonna get back. We're gonna get more into this thing. I'm probably like you know a quarter of an inch into it already, and I'm gonna smoke it throughout the episode. And you know, I think for now we're gonna go ahead and throw it over to John. What do you say, Dave? Yeah, that sounds good. I'm gonna try not to give anything away as Carl's throwing out his first impressions here. I'm trying to just poker face it, not let him, not let him have any cues at all because uh, we're gonna try to stump this dude. It hasn't worked yet. I failed last week, but <laughs> failed last episode. But we're gonna try again. Yeah, let's go talk to John. Uh, this is John Troiano from Alec Bradley Cigars. All right, so I'm here with John Troiano from Alec Bradley Cigars. John, thank you very much for making time for us today, man. Well, it's great to be here. So I have in my hand at the moment uh, the new Alec Bradley Double Broadleaf, Honduran Broadleaf wrapper. I'm, uh, some of these guys will know that I'm a, I'm a big Broadleaf fan. It's 10 o'clock in the morning, and I'm about to light this thing up. I know it's a full-body cigar, but something tells me that uh, we're going to do just fine anyways. <laughs> you know, I've had a few of these up to this point, and I've just absolutely loved them. John, tell me about the response that you guys have seen to this new release so far. Well, the response has been tremendous. Most of the people who have smoked the cigar have just commented on how rich it is, how much flavor there is, and it's 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 due to the fact that uh, what the name implies, it's got uh, double broadleaf. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very rich. Uh, it's got that like salty sweetness. Uh, and like I said, it's, 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 a, it's morning time right now, but it's going to hit the spot for me either way, you know, being a full body cigar, but it's, you know, there's no harshness about it. It's like very smooth and that makes it smokable like at any, t- any time of day, as far as I can tell. Um, you know, so that, that release was, you know, ho- pretty highly anticipated. I remember being at, uh, at at the PCA trade show in Las Vegas and we stopped and sat down with you and that was the first time that we got to try this thing you handed us Carl and I each uh, a Robusto the double broadleaf and we got to sample it and I fell in love right away you guys made a a, you know a big presentation of releasing this cigar and it's good to hear that you know that's all going well well it's kind of funny because the, the cigar the existence of the cigar had been uh, leaked at uh, the uh, Big Smoke prior to the PCA show, and uh, it, there was a lot of pre-release buzz to it, and then when we finally got to the show and got a chance to smoke the cigar, uh, the, the, the sales force was just uh, knocked out by it. Right. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. So, so you know what we've what we've uh, wanted to do here with these episodes and with interviews with guys like yourself. I mean, you've you've been in the cigar game a long time. Uh, I was, uh, you know, who who I think Thomas Jefferson was president when you got into this game, right? Is that right? <laughs> well, actually, I was um, I was on the shore uh, welcoming Columbus. Right. Um, <laughs> right. When he came. Uh, 
when he came to uh, the New World, right. uh, and I kind of, uh, I gave him his first cigar. Nice, yeah, right. <laughs> so, like, so... But, uh, no, I've been, uh, I've been uh, over 25 years. Uh, I've seen an incredible uh, diversification of the industry. Uh, when I started, there seemed to be just a half a dozen or so, 10 baby brands that were uh, that were uh, prominent and uh, now there's uh, 25 or 30 that uh, you can count on to uh, be making quality cigars right yeah and uh, and Alec Bradley has definitely asserted themselves among that that top tier you know so when you uh, like how did you how did you get your start in this industry is there a story there well, I was uh, I was in the uh, matchbox and matchbook business, and I was selling to all of the cigar stores in New England. And uh, one of my customers said, "Boy, you're such a good salesman. You'd make a great cigar salesman." I had no idea what cigar salesman did. I had no idea how one gets into the business. Uh, and I said, "Well, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that." And an opening with a small company came up, I interviewed and I uh, didn't get the job. I was, well, hey, what are you gonna do? Still went out there selling my matchboxes and matchbooks. And about three months later, the uh, position that I had uh, interviewed for opened up and uh, I took the job and the rest has been history. Yeah, wow. That's cool, That's it's funny that it, uh it took you a minute to, to get your foot in, you know, like you didn't <laughs> didn't make it all the way in on your first try. That's cool. I was lucky I was a salesman. Sure. Uh, I had I, I had that uh, I had that uh, uh, skill set already uh, already uh, honed. So uh, when the opening did happen, I was very uh, lucky that I just hit the ground running. When I was I was talking to Carl about this yesterday when we were, you know, preparing for this episode and one question that came to mind as someone who's who's been doing this like you said over 25 years now, do you find yourself like burning out on cigars? Uh, you know, I as someone who is, you know, like relatively new to the professional side of this industry, right? Carl and I both um, you know, we've been doing it for a, for a little while, but not 25 years, right? And um I I love cigars more today than I ever have, but I just wonder if you sort of start to burn out on all of it. You know, being in being in brick and mortars every every day almost. You know, and the trade shows and all of the just, you know tobacco being around you at all times. Right? Like, do you burn out? Do you think, or do you are you still are you still in it? Oh, I um, I still love what I do. Uh, I still love lighting a cigar. I still love the, uh, the, the, the uh, camaraderie of the people who I deal with. Uh, I, I, I think the most important thing is putting everything into perspective. Uh, you know, just, just don't, uh, uh, don't eat it, drink it, and sleep it. Uh, have, have outside activities, mm-hmm. have other things you like to do that you can take your mind off of, uh, of the uh, of what you of your job, and uh, and relax every once in a while, uh, and then there are some days when I don't even, I don't pick up a cigar. So uh, right, right. I, I think it's I think it's all I think it's all be being uh, putting everything in perspective. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. Let's let's play the desert island game here, right? So as someone who's been smoking cigars for over two decades you've been around it you've seen it all right like if you had to choose one cigar you could only smoke one cigar for the rest of your life what do you think that would be uh, that's really uh almost an unfair question <laughs> right <laughs> uh, especially uh, especially in, in view of the fact that i uh, represent some of the best cigars uh, on the market right now it's true. It's true. But if you could, if you could take off your your Alec Bradley badge, you know, do you what What do you think that cigar would be? 
Wow. You know, I, I, I found a cigar years ago that I really liked, and I bought a box, uh, put it in my, uh, in my walk-in humidor in my basement, and I said, okay, this is the cigar I'm going to smoke when I retire. <laughs> no. um, I, I, reti- I had retired briefly and uh, never uh, even, I totally forgot that the box of cigars was there. But, uh, but I have a box of uh, El Rey del Mundo, Robusto Largas, Oscuro, that are uh, date stamped 1997. And I've wow. smoked a couple of them, and they are um, they're spectacular. Oh, wow. 97, that's pretty cool. You know, you would, you would be a good guy to ask this question. We, there's been some, we've talked about this before, and I've gotten a few different answers. Is there an upper limit if you have, let's say, you know, you have a humidor that is on point, you got it at, you know, perfect temperature and humidity and in a perfect environment, is there an upper limit to how, how long you can hold a cigar in there? Is it, is it, are we talking 10 years or are we talking much more than that? Like, can a cigar sit there for 40 years if it's kept properly? I, I, I really don't know because I don't have anything that old. Yeah. <laughs> everything everything gets smoked before uh, before it uh, it reaches that point. Yeah, right. But like that that date ninety seven, like that that's you know that's thirty years almost, right? So, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, twenty six years, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Uh, so, one last question, John. I I really appreciate you making making time for us, but um, if you have a favorite cigar memory something we we ask this at the end of each interview you know there's um i can i can think of a couple cigar memories that i have where the the cigar the the meal the day the atmosphere just all came together in a confluence of perfect events that just made for a memorable experience like what's your what's your most memorable cigar experience if you could if you could give us one wow that that's Actually, that's kind of an easy question. Nice. Um, my first cigar. I like that. Um, I, I, I was, again, working in the, in the matchbook business, and I had a customer in Boston. It was a very large brew pub chain. And uh, they told me one day, uh, hey, John, we're having a cigar dinner, and we'd like you to come. And I, I looked at him, and I said, the general manager, I said, look, I'm, I don't smoke cigars. It'd be a waste of time. And they said, no, 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 it's, it's our best meal of the year. You're one of our best vendors. Uh, we want you there. So I said, okay. So um, I went, and uh, there was plenty of great food, and everybody had a big bag of cigars. And uh, it was a brew pub, and there was plenty, plenty of beer flowing. Right. Yeah. And... Um, and I took uh, one sip of beer over the uh, uh, the line, I guess it was, and I looked at the guy sitting next to me. I said, okay, what's the big deal about this? Show me how to smoke a cigar. So he picked the cigar out of the bag that he thought would be appropriate. Right. He showed me how to cut it, showed me how to light it. I lit it, and I'm smoking it, and I'm saying, wow, where has this been all my life? This <laughs> unbelievable and uh that's the 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 best moment um was the first one and uh i i remember it like it was yesterday yeah you always remember your first that's pretty cool yeah that's a great answer the uh and it was a great cigar to begin with it was a great cigar (laughs) yeah great so yeah so where where uh where are you heading it sounds like uh it sounds like you're on the road yeah, I'm in Rhode Island today. Yeah. Uh, uh, mopping up some uh, some some calls before the end of the year, or actually the beginning of the month. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Having fun. That's see awesome. Some friends. Right. And uh, you know, and, and and that's what it's all about. Yeah. A lot of my customers uh, are, have become friends. I've been to people's weddings. Uh, I've been to. Uh, uh, birthday parties and uh and, and, and numbers of celebrations 
uh, with my customers, and uh, they've all uh, they've all uh, over the years have uh, have become part of my family. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. I think guys on the customer side, you know, they they look to you to the to the reps, you know, to the guys who live on the road and do this for a living, and see a lifestyle that, like, you know, some of these guys really. Um, you know, I don't want to say that they're jealous or something like that, right? But it's like something that we all kind of look to as like, man, that that would be pretty cool. That must be pretty cool. And uh, so it's interesting <laughs> to get to hear from guys who actually do it as to like, you know, what, what life is really like on, on that side of the business, you know? Uh, it's a lot of uh, sit at the bar of restaurants, eating alone. It's a lot of... Uh, uh, some days waking up in a hotel uh, in the middle of the night. Uh, oh, where am I? Uh, what town am I in? Oh my God, where? You know, uh, I've been I've been a, a, a on the road salesman for since uh, I was in my twenties, and uh, that's uh, you know over forty years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. Well, John, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, from Carl and I both, like we appreciate everything that you've done for us. You know, we've had John in here in, in the world famous Tall Chief Cigar Humidor and Lounge, uh, you know, educating customers and just hooking us up with awesome cigars for uh, ever since we got here. You know, he was one of the first friends we made after walking in the door. So, John, thanks so much for, for putting time aside for us today. And, uh, you know, we'll talk to you real soon. OK. Absolutely. Appreciate it, John. I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Hopefully there won't be any snow on the ground when I get up there again. <laughs> yeah, we're still melting off a, a, a few inches, but uh, so no promises there. <laughs> okay. All good right. Enough. Thanks, John. Thank you. So big thanks to John for to, uh, coming in with us, sitting down, telling us a little bit about his story. Yeah, that was really cool. Some pretty interesting things in that interview. For sure. That dude, I mean, he has been on the road, living on the road as a traveling salesman since he was, what did he say? Since he was around 20, 20. years old. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. You know, could, like, could you, could you live that way? I don't know if I could do that for that long. Like, you know, it seems like it would be fun for a while, but holy smokes, that, that dude is a grinder. I don't know if I could do it selling matches. I do think I could do it selling cigars, though. Right. Uh, <laughs> it would be different. It just yeah. seems, yeah. And then also, like, how do you go into all these cigar lounges and stuff selling matches and then just not ha just not start? Right, right, yeah. A lot of questions. Lot yeah. of pr that interview might have caused more questions than answers, but I feel like I could do that. Right. Um, but then again, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of like a cat sometimes. Like, I like my, I like my alone time and being able to read and not mm -hmm. really having to listen to any, mm -hmm. you know, not having a place to go or a place mm -hmm. to be and just kind of, okay, be at, you know, this store by nine and this store by noon and go use the company card to eat. And right. I, but I have done traveling sales before, mm -hmm. not successfully, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why it was so fun. I don't know. Yeah. I could do that though. No doubt. I could live like John. Yeah. You know, it, you're right. There's a, there's a, there's an appeal to that kind of lifestyle. Like I think almost any guy would like it, you know, it seemed that would romanticize that kind of a lifestyle at first, you know? Um, I think I would, it's hard to imagine that I wouldn't burn out on it after a while though. You know, like, like he said, it's a lot, it's a lot of eating alone at restaurants. It's a lot of hotel rooms by yourself and that kind of thing. And, you know, um, more power to him. Like we're, we're grateful to have him and guys like him in this industry that are willing to put in the miles and the hours to bring awesome Alec Bradley cigars and, you know, to, to all of our humidors and thereby getting them into the hands of our customers, you know? So next time you see John at your local B and M, you know, give him a handshake from us, uh, and tell him we sent you. But, you know, speaking of awesome Alec Bradley cigars, uh, we John and I spoke quickly, you know, briefly about the double broadleaf, and you know that was that was an, that's an excellent smoke. It's right up my alley. Um, I don't know what your impression of it was, but you know, 
there was a memorable experience for me getting to try it with you mm-hmm. at PCA. Like that was that was a cool experience. For that sure. was a wild day. Yeah. yeah. How many cigars did we have that day? And I think <laughs> that one stood out the most to you at the. Uh, it did for me. Once we yeah. got back to the room and could recalibrate. No. I don't think people understand the, how PCA is. It's just like somebody sees you with a cigar, and then you, you know, your badge says that you're a retailer, and they're like, "Okay, put that, put that down. You've had enough. Get rid of that." And then here, smoke this. And <laughs> I can't tell you, ah, oh. like at first, the first two, three, four, you're like, "Yeah, all right, let's yeah, go," you right, know. And then right. I remember at, something changed. Like there was a there was a visible shift in me around yeah. like cigar five, and I'm like, "Dave, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I'm cut out for this." You guys are high five and having a freaking great time yeah. and ripping ripping smokes all over the room and I'm like I can't take down this petite corona. No. Like your mouth is so dried out you can't spit. I'm done. You know I'm done. Give me some water. Yeah, we're just like, you know, at the end like we, we gotta prepare better this year. We gotta have, go into like training yes. like in March. Yeah. Hydrate you know? for for like a few weeks ahead yeah. of time. Yeah. I'm gonna have you light three cigars and I'm gonna have them in, in my hands and I'm gonna be like, Okay this one, okay this one, okay this one. <laughs> Okay, this one. <laughs> so it, it requires so much. People ask us all the time, like, what that stuff is like. And we haven't been to many. We've been to two of them so right, far right. in our short time being here. But they are something else. Yeah. I mean, it's it's such a great opportunity for networking, for, uh, you know, just making connections in this business, which we parlay into relationships that allow us to bring new and interesting and different cigars to you guys like that's the end goal is always to make the experience better for the customer right and so this is a means to that end you know we go to go to a conference make a meet a bunch of new companies make you know put faces to names names to faces and uh you know make some new relationships exactly so my favorite alec bradley Ever since the blending seminar that John gave when he came here, I have always looked fondly at the Kintsugi because I feel like I know that cigar on a much more closer level than all the other Alec Bradley cigars. And I am not a, like, I'm, I've been shifting so hard. Yeah, that surprises me. Yeah. Yeah, And like even this cigar here that I'm smoking for the, for the, for the game here, Mm -hmm. um, I'm enjoying it because it's, it's, I think I know what it is, Mm. um, but it's, nice and mild and it has that profile and like Mm -hmm. you're just able to appreciate some of the softer flavors that you can find in cigars sometimes like you know in the darker ones you'll find a lot of earth and leather and cocoa and chocolate and all that but then the lighter ones man you just get a lot of like like a buttery feel Mm -hmm. with like a cream element to them and then sometimes you get a little bit of like vanilla or like a, a fruit of some kind and i just have really grown to enjoy like the thickness of the smoke too is really nice coming from a Connecticut and it's just you're able to take more and you're able to just be a little bit more like active and passive in the experience you Mm -hmm. just kind of let it hang in your mouth and just kind of you know it's it's a different I mean it's a different thing they're just different things they're not all that's cool yeah yeah. it's a very different experience I happen to be smoking right now a, a Perdomo lot 23 Connecticut which is one of my favorite milder Connecticut shade cigars and yeah, same thing. Like it's now that you mention it like that, you know, you say it like that. It is the kind of thing that you can be a little bit more passive about. Um, there's not, it's not so packed with flavor that it's like, you know, screaming for your attention at all times. Um, it's the kind of thing that you can simply enjoy as as a you know a pleasant experience on its own. This particular cigar's got like nice notes of cedar mixed in with the creaminess from the Connecticut shade wrapper. Um, but yeah, so, you know, mixing it up and going mild once in a while is definitely something I like to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back to this cigar here that yeah. I'm smoking. Um, I am going to tell you my thoughts about a quarter of the way through this cigar. Then I'm, we're going to pause to let Dave tell you if I'm on the right track or not and uh, what the cigar actually is. So I am very reasonably confident that this is some kind of Honduran uh, Connecticut cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very mild. It has remained the same consistent taste throughout the first quarter of the cigar. Mm. And I just, I don't get that cream and butter. I just get more of a little, like like a little citrusy note from it that I've always gotten from lighter Hondurans. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like a little bit of hay, like a little weedy kind of ness nice. too. Um, so my two leaders in the clubhouse right now are the Mac Inspirado White and the Rocky Patel Vintage 99. Mm. Uh, 
Connecticut nice. because those are two of the preeminent Honduran Connecticut's in the mm. in the shop. Mm. And this, but this cigar tastes too familiar to me. Like I told you guys in the beginning of the episode that I've had a lot of Mac Inspirado White this week. I've had been having the Robusto. This looks more like it looked a little bit more like the Churchill, honestly. Um, but that is I'm I'm leading that way. So I'm gonna pass it off to Dave really quick. He's going to let you know what I'm smoking, what I could expect to taste as I get through it. Then we'll come back and talk a little bit more. Very interesting. All right, guys. So Carl stepped out to uh, continue on with that smoke. And I got to tell you, I'm impressed. I'm impressed again. The guy's definitely on the right track. Honduran tobaccos, the Connecticut shade wrapper. I did think that the size of this one was going to give it give give away, uh, you know, help him eliminate many options, right? Because this is actually a six and a half by fifty-two Toro. So, knowing what Carl and I know about our inventory, that size immediately eliminates so many things. Um, the the six and a half inch by 52 Toro you know it's it's a little bit longer it doesn't eliminate everything doesn't narrow it all the way down to one cigar but it does narrow it down a bit right so I'm pretty confident that he took note of the size the fact that it was a little bit longer he did mention that he believed it to be a little bit longer than six inches right uh, so that that I'm pretty confident gave gave him some help right there before he even cut the thing uh, but the fact that he was able to pick up on the Honduran tobaccos inside the cigar, that's the real impressive part about this. He's definitely on the right track. I, I don't know. He might get this one wrong, though. The two options he gave you, one of them is the right answer. And I don't know if he's going to be able to figure out which one it actually is. You know, my gut is telling me that he's going to go the wrong way on this. Which is still pretty impressive, right? He got it narrowed down to two, just by smoking half of the thing. But anyway, we'll find out in a few minutes here. I'm going to force a decision upon him. <laughs> and we'll see if he gets it right. We'll be right back. All right, so Carl just stepped back in and... Uh, He's worked his way through most of the cigar at this point. And, uh, you know, he gave you guys a couple options that he thinks he's got it narrowed down to. Uh, Carl, what, what were those two again one more time? The Mac Inspirado White mm -hmm. and the Rocky Patel Vintage 1999 mm -hmm. Connecticut. Okay. Um, so any, any sort of last impressions before we force a decision upon you here? So I'm also, like, I'm looking at the wrapper. And it just looks, I feel like the, I feel like the Rocky Patel Vintage 99 is just a little bit lighter than this. And, uh, hmm. the, the wrapper to me, and this isn't a knock on any cigar, the wrapper to me doesn't feel as resilient as it should, which kind of makes me think that it could be like a less, a less expensive cigar. But then I think to myself, like, what Honduran Connecticut's do we have in the store? And the only ones that I could think of hmm. are Kintsugi by Alec Bradley, mm -hmm. Rocky Patel Vintage 99, mm -hmm. Mac Inspirado mm -hmm. uh, White, mm -hmm. and then in my head I'm going around the back of the humidor, and there's really – we don't have any punch Connecticut's, so we really aren't worth thinking about that. Mm -hmm. um, there's Camacho. But that's mm -hmm. like a blend of stuff, and I feel like I wouldn't taste. This tastes pure Honduran. I believe the, the Upman Classic has some Honduran tobacco in it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and then like, it's not an Ashton, it's not a Perdomo, mm -hmm. it's not a Padrone, right? It's not a Dunbarton, right? It's not a My Father, right? So then I'm thinking about like all the other random areas where like cigars hang out, and then, then I begin to think like. If it could be a Rocky Patel Vintage 99 Connecticut, it could be a Rocky Patel Edge Connecticut. Wow. And that, the way, 
So the Edge was the first cigar that I ever smoked that was not an acid. And uh, I'll always love Edge because we used to get the packs of four for like 15 bucks back in the day when smoking was way uh, less expensive than it is now. So I'm feeling the wrapper and like I'm just looking at it and I don't, it doesn't look like a vintage 99. It looks like an Edge. It looks like a little bit rushed. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of a seam in this one. It doesn't look bad. It's just, you know, it's got a very veiny wrapper, and I don't know. If I had to guess right now, it would be, I would have to go with it's an Edge Connecticut as opposed to a Vintage 99 Connecticut, and that will be my guess. Wow. So we have it. We have the guess. Final answer? I'm going to be so pissed if, if I had it and then I kind of went off it, but... I'm going to guess this is an Edge, Connecticut. A Rocky Patel Edge, Connecticut. <laughs> so close. Uh, so close. Uh, you second-guessed yourself. Was it the 99? It. it was the 99. Uh, it's the Vintage uh, 99, Connecticut. You know, I, uh, I was telling the guys here when you stepped out that I was pretty sure that the size, right? Before you even cut the cigar, the size of the thing would give away, you know, would narrow it down quite a bit. The, the Rocky Patel Vintage 99 Connecticut is a six and a half inch by 52 yeah, Toro, right? So it. like that part, and you mentioned that right <sighs> off the get, right from the bat, that, uh, that that the size of the thing, you noticed it's a little bit longer than, than your traditional six inch Toro, that which is also true of the Macanudo Inspirato White Toro, a little bit longer, right? Six and a half, I think, or maybe it's six and a quarter, but either way, it's, it's a little long, right? And so you notice that right from the beginning, and I knew that that was going to help narrow things down for you a little bit. Um, and you were right there. You were right there with the Honduran tobacco and everything. Picked it all up. Man, I was in the factory, but I set the wrong cigar. That's impressive, dude. That's pretty impressive. Well, we'll give him a half point for that. So it's a, a possible <laughs> 1.5 out of 2. Not so bad if I say so myself. Not so bad. We'll uh, give him a half. Yeah, so good, good pick, Dave. Yeah. Not a cigar I usually smoke a lot, but like I mentioned earlier, I've been having a ton of Mac and Sparato Whites this week, mm -hmm. and it just tastes so familiar. Mm -hmm. So yeah. my advice to you is if you like either one of those cigars, give the other one a try because this cigar is awesome. It's my first one of the day. I can't wait to go get a little bit of coffee. Cool. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, – I don't know. We, we'll give some we'll give some credit. Yeah, right? some yeah. credit, I guess. We haven't really completely stumped. Uh, we haven't really blindfolded the big dog yet, uh, but we'll get him next time, or at least we'll try to. <laughs> you know, it's pretty impressive that he was able to get all the way down to the the couple, the handful of cigars that you heard there. Uh, you know, just and this is a you know again we're doing this for you guys so that you can really. Uh, you know, to help you guys who might be new to the hobby learn how to really fully appreciate a premium cigar. There's so much work and effort and craftsmanship and artisanship and just man hours that go into producing these things and getting them all the way here onto the shelves at your B&M, at your brick and mortar retail store, you know. Uh, and so, to you know, take the time. Take the time to really fully appreciate what an amazing product a premium cigar really is and that's why this game is so much fun for us you know mm. so this thing bangs too so nice. guys we do want to remind you if you like what you're hearing support us on our social media channels we have facebook a group called tall chief cigars at native pride we have instagram at tall chief cigars we have the world famous tall chief cigars.com we have tiktok at tall chief cigars we're always trying to do something to get in front of you guys and mm -hmm. just make it a little bit more fun because one of my big gripes with the community over the past couple of years, especially since COVID a couple of years ago, is the sense of community that was lost. And I think that cigars are the ultimate hobby because you can enjoy them alone. You can make new friends. Mm -hmm. You can read a book. You can play a game. You can watch sports. They're so adaptable. You could do anything with them. You can make new, you know, you can network with them. You could do anything. You can come get a new job with them. That's like what we did, right? Yeah, so right. support right. us if you want to, man. We, we, uh, we really appreciate all the support and the help. We're going to keep putting these things out until, uh, you know, until they tell us to stop, really. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, we're having a blast doing it for you guys. Uh, we want to say thank you again to John Troiano from Alec Bradley Cigars, always generous with his time and his knowledge. Uh, the guy's been around for a long time again, and so next time you see him at your local shop, 
give him a handshake from us. John, thanks again. And guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with episode three. Peace. Later.